On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Well, the 4-2 and two Colts head to Detroit to face off against the 3-3 three and three Detroit Lions. Uh, the Colts right now open up as two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Detroit. So in order to preview this game, we wanted to bring on an expert of the Detroit Lions, Logan Lamarandier. Uh, he covers Detroit, the Detroit Lions in the NFL draft as a writer for Sports Illustrated All-Lions. Logan, thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing? How are you feeling about Detroit now after six games throughout the season? Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And I'm looking also forward to hearing your insight on the Colts as well. But at this point, you know, the Lions have evened up their win-loss totals, and they're now at 500. And just a couple weeks ago, you know, everyone was calling for head coach Matt Patricia's head and saying that he should be fired. I was one of them not saying that he needed to be fired right now, but I had pretty much written this regime off as, you know, it's, it kind of got to the point where we, we knew what Matt Patricia was. We've seen his defense. And he was kind of stubborn in his ways. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, <laughs> the last two games, I should say, they have been on defense. They were a Superman heavy team before the last few weeks, and now they've been running a bunch of zone. They were always known under Matt Patricia to rush only three to try to get to the pass of the most of anybody in the league. Their pressure rates were at like all time lows. If you saw any charts that had team defense and <laughs> pressures on the lines were always at the bottom of the graph, like just a huge outlier. And then just the last couple of weeks, they've been starting to blitz more and run zone and they've really started to switch things up. And it looks like it started helping out a little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, the Lions have a little bit of life and, looking at the schedule that the Lions had, even after they were one and three of the, you know, the first quarter of their season, which was one of their tougher stretches. This Colts game is really one of the few tougher games on their schedules that they have for the next couple months. Well, now a month and a half or so. So it is, it's, it's a stretch for the Lions where they can kind of make some corrections and fix some mistakes and rack up some wins and at least have meaningful football towards the end of the year, at least be in the playoff hunt. But I'm not totally sold quite yet. I think the Colts will be a really tough test for them and kind of gauge just where we're at. All right, sweet. Logan, I got to ask you about this Detroit secondary and what the defensive scheme is going to look for them because this this Colts passing attack has, for lack of a better word, it's just been inefficient at times. You know, certain weeks we have Phillip Rivers looks really good and then certain weeks it just looks like we can't pass the ball very well to save our lives. This Colts offensive line is the best offensive line in football. They're actually giving up the fewest sacks and the least sack percentage rate in the NFL still. Phillip Rivers is getting the ball out very quickly. And two weeks ago against the Bengals in week six, Phillip Rivers threw for 375 yards and looked like he finally found himself again amongst this group. What do you think the Detroit secondary has to do to 
slow down this passing attack because there's a lot of new faces and schemes going on in that secondary right now for Detroit. Yeah, so the secondary right now for Detroit, you know, the, the Lions lost or traded away Darius Slay, and he was their top cover man, and I still think he's one of the better true man cover corners in the league. And they replaced Slay in, through free agency with Desmond Trufant, who was oft injured, and he remains oft injured in Detroit, um, even in his time in Atlanta. You know, that was always the biggest question was just can he stay healthy? And he's been battling a hamstring injury and pretty much played – uh, between two games, he's played one complete game, probably, uh, if you look at his snap counts. And he's still uh, kind of recovering. He didn't play last week. I'm not sure what his status will be. You know, we have to wait till the practice reports come out. But So he's pretty much just been off the table, and that's left, uh, actually, second-year player, Imani Aruarie, a fifth-round draft pick of the Lions last year, has pretty much been the Lions' top corner. And everyone assumed it was going to be Jeff Okuda. Uh, taking him top three overall, but he's had his fair share of struggles. But I will say, I thought, I think he's been improving every week. So that's, that's kind of their outside corners. Justin Coleman is another guy. The Lions are paying top money for as a nickel corner. And he's pretty much been injured uh, all year and just came off the IR started practicing, I should say. So it's, it's just one of those things where um, the Lions, like I mentioned earlier, run a ton of man to man, but the last two weeks they've really started switching it up to zone and their corners seem to be benefiting from it. And their safeties are actually pretty solid. Ron Harmon, if you know, you're into PFF, he's one of the top-graded safeties. He's just their true deep safety, middle-of-the-field guy, plays almost all the snaps. You have Tracy Walker, who is kind of the jack-of-all-trades guys who will line up in the box, in the slot, cover the tight ends, just does everything. And then J. Ron Curse, who's back from suspension after serving three games, um, being suspended, he came back and he's kind of been the third safety. The Lions run a ton of three safety sets. They use that third safety. J. Ron Curse is 6'4", almost 220 pounds. So he's basically a small linebacker, but he does have some decent coverage chops. So I really thought the Lions were going to get chopped up pretty good against Atlanta last week, you know, with Julio Jones and Ridley and um, Matt Ryan, who's, you know, he's had his struggles, but he's he's done well, decently well this year. So it's I don't know which Lions team you're going to get, I guess. Uh, the one that were showing up at the beginning of the year that couldn't stop anyone or the one that's playing a lot better and playing a lot more zone the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and Logan, you know, talking about this Detroit defense, um, you know, right now in terms of passing yards, they're, they're, you know, they're allowing – uh, about 250 passing yards, 20th in the league, um, and also against the run, they're they're struggling pretty mightily, around allowing uh, 131.8 rushing yards, which is good for 26th in the league. Um, ironically, the Colts are struggling to run the football so far. Uh, they they only are averaging 98 yards per per game. Uh, that's 28th in the league. So something has to give here. But what do you think the Indianapolis Colts need to do? in order to stop struggling run to run the football, because last year that was their identity was running the football. And really through six weeks, they've, they've struggled. They've shown good, good signs and, and definitely some good spurts of running the football. But uh, beyond Jonathan Taylor, uh, the other backs have really struggled to run the football. The averages are not good, you know, bottom of the league as well. What do the Colts need to do in order to uh, maybe start getting back to that identity of running the football very effectively? So the Lions, yeah, I know – you know, you're talking and looking at the season stats where they're still not very good because the Lions defense was dead last in the league going into their bye week, which was week five. And for whatever reason, against the Jaguars, who have a semi-formidable rushing attack, 
they held them to 44 yards on the ground. And then even uh, last week against Atlanta, Todd Gurley only had 63 yards and was averaging 2.7 yards a carry. So the Lions have really kind of turned it around on their run defense when they were just dead last in the league. They were just absolutely awful. And I think a lot of that reason is the Lions have started going heavy a lot, playing a lot more defensive tackles. They just got Everson Griffin, who I don't believe you'll see um, on the field on Sunday just due to all the COVID restrictions and taking time to get uh, through that process. But uh, from a – Colts perspective I'm very surprised that they're not rushing the ball better because they do have one of the best lines in the in the entire NFL and Jonathan Taylor I thought would be a perfect match um, with that Colts line but the Lions whole defense is predicated on stopping the run they don't have really any true pass rushers they have a bunch of run stuffers that you know are just two gappers and even on passing plays you know, they're kind of, it's a controlled rush. They're never going to have a bunch of speed guys that can shoot gaps. It's they all win through power. So in the lions, if they can't stop the run, it really impacts how the defense plays. And the last two weeks they've played, they've been able to stop the run. And in turn, it's been obvious passing situations for the offense. The lions manufacture pressure just through linebacker stunts and blitzes, you know, all that type of stuff. But I think, for the Colts, yeah, it's it's imperative that they really get the ground game going because that's when the Lions have struggled the most is when they can't stop the run. But it seems to have kind of turned course the last couple of weeks. So, again, we'll kind of see which Lions defense shows up. All right, Logan, I want to flip it over here. Let's talk about the Colts defense and how they can stop the rushing attack of the Lions. So, you got some really good players on in that backfield that definitely can run a lot of decent names there. And I think the Lions have gotten pretty decent at running the football as of recently. But uh, the Colts are, at, at this moment in time, sit as the third best rushing defense in all of football. Only Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh have a better yards per game, yards given up in rushing. So the Colts this season have really changed that around and they've slowed down some of the best running backs in the NFL so far. I know people were saying Dalvin Cook, week two, only gave up 64 yards against him. The red-hot Cleveland Browns only gave up about 110 yards rushing in that game in total. So the Colts have really done a great job this year, and it starts with that front four. The interior guys have really stepped up for this team right now with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, how do you look for the Lions? Is there any way that the Lions can find a way to utilize this rushing attack against the Colts defense that's so far this season done really well at stopping? Yeah, and I'll give the Lions offensive line and even tight ends a lot of credit because, again, using PFF as the metric, last week the Lions were the top ranked run blocking unit in the entire NFL, which is a little bit surprising because you look at the Lions rushing stats and they're nothing special, but then you look at the running grade of (laughs) the running backs and the Lions are second to last. And I think a lot of that is to do to basically from Adrian Peterson, who started off real hot, but since the last few weeks, it's like when he's in there, you know what they're going to do. They're just going to try to run the ball up the gut for his age. He's 35 years old. He's still somewhat impressive for a guy that age, but you can just tell he doesn't have that lateral mobility of DeAndre Swift, 
who's just super quick in and out of his cuts. When he sees a hold, you can tell he just has explosion through it. So I think it's going to be on the Lions if they play Swift more. I think it's going to help them out. But I've I've been very impressed too with the Colts' run defense, as you mentioned. They're they're one of the better ones in the league. So I don't know what exactly how that's going to unfold. But the Lions do like to try to establish the run, and that's a lot of times when the Lions get in trouble because sometimes they're almost too <laughs> concerned with establishing the run, and then they're they do this run run pass on you know, first, second, third down and their first two runs go for a gain of two yards and they're set up for a third and long. So it is, I think the, it depends what the Lions do and the coaching staff, how they break down the carries. But I think you've really seen in the last couple of weeks with DeAndre Swift giving the ball more that they've been much more impactful and effective on the ground. Yeah. And let's talk about this Colts passing defense. You know, the Colts run defense has been good. Colts pass defense has also been equally as good, a little bit better, in fact, allowing just under 200 yards passing per game, uh, which is good for second in the league. And, uh, you know, they've just been really, really good in terms of, you know, just stopping the pass. And I, I've been really impressed with what they've done uh, overall because um, that was one of the concerns that we had going into the season, Logan, was like this secondary could be, you know, great, or they could be really, really bad. It was just kind of that volatile, we felt like. And and they've been really good so far. They've really surprised in a lot of ways. Now, Detroit, we obviously know with Matthew Stafford, um, they're always going to be in games. We saw that, obviously, in, in the last week's matchup against Atlanta, you know. And then you were saying off air, you know, Matthew Stafford has about half of his wins are come back, come from behind wins. So you can never count them out with a quarterback like Stafford. Um, but right now, the Lions' offense is still really, really good. Um, you know, it, it not, the passing yards may not be there, but Matthew Stafford's still a great quarterback. I mean, they're 20th in the league in terms of passing yards per game. But, I mean, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, you guys still have some weapons out there. Marvin Jones is another name. You guys still have weapons on that passing attack. How do you think the Colts need to go about slowing down this Detroit passing attack? Because, honestly, it's a little bit scary to me. It is, and uh, I think – you know, to be fair, I'm a Matthew Stafford supporter, and I always think, you know, he's been undervalued in the eyes of the league, but he hasn't had a great season so far this year, and I think Atlanta was really one of his first games where it was like, okay, this is the Matthew Stafford of old. And Kenny Galladay was injured too, had a hamstring injury, missed a couple games, and since he's returned, they've, they've three and one with Galladay on the field. So I, I think that's kind of the driving force behind that passing attack. Now, Xavier Rhodes, who is <laughs> – I thought was done when in the last year at Minnesota, he's really turned it around and looked really good. And he's a big body guy who I think can match up well against Kenny Galladay and even Marvin Jones. I know Marvin Jones, that was always kind of a fun bit to do with Vikings fans from a Lions perspective is just because Marvin Jones always put Xavier Rhodes on his highlight reels. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out, but I do the corners, yeah, Kenny Moore as well. I think he's been playing solid. And then you have a rookie, Julian Blackman, at free safety. It's really one of those deals where it kind of just depends. Even, even when the Lions receivers are covered, they don't get a lot of separation. They win with contested catches. And if you look at all of Kenny Galladay's and Marvin Jones' highlights, they're always, you know, getting hit while they're catching the ball or, you know, kind of moths and people and that type of stuff. So it's, it's just one of those things where, I think it's really going to fall on Matthew Stafford and which Matthew Stafford shows up from this year. I feel like that's a reoccurring theme with everything I'm saying because there's been some really bad games 
by the defense. There's been some pretty bad games by Stafford, but he seems to be coming around. So it's really just one of those things where the corners have to win those contested battles because that's more often than not how the Lions receivers are winning and getting – they don't get open downfield. They're just winning through contested catches. All right, Logan, I got one more thing for you before we get into some game predictions here. So I do want to ask you about Matt Patricia. You were talking about it earlier, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit off air as well. What has he done? How has he been able to get this team prepared? Colts fans will take pride in knowing that Frank Reich, since being the head coach, has not lost a game after a bye week. So he normally does a really good job of getting this Colts team prepared on the weeks where they get extra time. And not to mention the Colts are expected to be about as healthy after this bye week as they've been almost all season. So, you know, you're coming into this and the the Colts are going to have an extra week to prepare for the Lions and they're going to be back to being healthy. Darius Leonard's going to be back. Michael Pittman, our wide receiver, rookie wide receiver is probably going to be back. So, How confident are you and Coach Patricia to get this team prepared after just a emotional win against Atlanta? And, you know, what what do you expect him to try to do to get him prepared? Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm not the most confident in Patricia. And I will say these these last two weeks have kind of changed my outlook a little bit just because I thought Patricia was never going to change his ways with his defensive scheme that he runs. And he's definitely switched it up quite a bit the last two weeks. So it's it's tough to say I do think that you know overall I think the Lions again it was the Falcons last week who already had fired their head coach and the Lions beat Jacksonville so those are two games that are you know should be considered wins for the Lions or you expect them to win considering the matchups now against the Colts the first one where you know I expect the Colts to win even though I did predict Atlanta to beat Detroit last week. But, you know, with this Colts team, I I do think they're a very well-rounded, complete team. And they do have an extra week to prepare. Whereas the Lions coming off of such an emotional win, sometimes you can kind of have a letdown. And you hope that wouldn't be the case. But, you know, the next week, sometimes you see just teams come out flat because they were on such an emotional high. And then they kind of get go back down to the lull. But I, I can't say I have a ton of confidence in Patricia, but we just kind of, to see how it goes. And right now, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him every week. I'm not one of those. There's plenty of Lions fans out there who are being you know, like, we should just lose every game, tank, get rid of Patricia ASAP. But I, I do really do want to see if he can turn it around and go for it. If he, if he can do something with the team, then that's a good sign. I, I'm not rooting for his demise or anything like that. So it, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on Patricia for sure. Gotcha. Well, I guess it's time to just give our game predictions here, who we think is going to win and what you think the score might be. Logan, we'll start with you, and then Cody, you can go after him. I'll go last. All right. So, yeah, I think, like I said, the Colts, I I do feel like they'll win. I don't think it'll necessarily be a super high-scoring game because I think it's going to be one of those controlling-the-clock type of games where the Colts will probably try to grind it out and the Lions will probably try to grind it out. And I think it'll be a 27-24 victory for the Colts. Okay. 
So I think it's going to be around that same score too. Um, I think I have just a slightly lower scoring. I have uh, the Colts winning 24-17 against the Lions. I think you know this Colts defense has proved, especially in the second half. I mean, gosh, the, the last two games they played, they allowed six total points uh, combined in the second half, uh, which is absolutely crazy. So I do think it's going to be maybe, you know, in the first half, a little bit more of a high-scoring type of game early on, and then both defenses kind of settle in a little bit more. And then it's really, you know, dictated by the trenches. And I think the Colts have one of the best offensive lines, one of the best defensive lines, um, and I think they're going to just prove it. You know, I think that unit has been challenged in certain ways, especially the offensive line and running the football. Um, the defensive line, you know, obviously needs to get back to rushing the passer a little bit better. So I do think it's going to be a tough contested game because I do think the Lions are underrated. I think a lot of people aren't talking about them, and I'm never going to sleep on a quarterback like Matt Stafford. So for me, it's going to be one of those games that's kind of a grinder game, like you said, Logan. But I do think the Colts come out victorious. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier, Derek. Frank Reich's record off a of bye is just incredible. So I'm going to go with that score, 24-17 to 17 Colts. I'll probably go 31-21 Colts. I think that in the first half, like you said, Cody, that I think that the offenses are going to get off to a really hot start early. That wouldn't surprise me at all because, you know, I, I think that the Lions are going to put up some points. Just Kenny Galladay is a special player, very good a wide receiver. And we saw against Cleveland that even with – great defense that sometimes you just get unfortunate luck when it comes to that. But I think that's just what Kenny Galladay does. And, you know, he's that special of a player. I think both teams will start out, you know, with some scores very early. And then, like you said, Cody, the defenses will start to figure it out. But I think the Colts defense is just more of a defense that will figure it out more down the row because of just the pieces that they have in position. So I think it's going to be a close game. I expect it to be a little bit more high scoring. So I'm going to go 31-21. Colts. Awesome. Well, thank you, Logan, so much, man, for coming on, uh, talking Colts-Lions. And like I tell every single person who comes on to this podcast, we wish you luck, but, man, not too much luck. <laughs> I know. I was just trying to think through that in my head. I'm like, how should I say this? You know, like, good luck, but, yeah, just <laughs> – I'm hoping it, I, it's something different than I'm, the lock I'm giving you. So I'm not trying to be rude. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. No, I, I feel the same way. So, you know, ultimately, I just want an entertaining game. Like, honestly, I just want an entertaining game. Those are a lot of fun. Not good for my blood pressure, but none, it, they're, they're a ton of fun nonetheless. But all righty, Logan, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again soon if our teams ever match up again. For sure. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Yeah.